0: Chances, a talk show where we like to hear from people who devoted their life to health, fitness and wellness, medical professionals, health coaches and all the others who help us every day to cure our body, mind or soul. Those who always look for more natural, holistic ways to help even more people to live a happier and healthier life. Those who don't like to give up easily and settle on you or themselves. It is never too late, or too soon. I always believe that every one of us deserves not just a second chance, but as many as we need. I'm Vera, your host. Who better than a master of reinvention with an accent to guide you through it, right? Just like they say, you are not a tree, so move. And God knows I have done just that in my own life many, many times. If you are not completely happy with the direction your life is going, This show may help you get the courage to change what is needed, find a new path and take charge. So come on over, pour yourself a glass of wine and spend some time with us. Let's laugh and cry together and get inspired by people just like you and me, who overcame their own doubts and took a leap of faith to reinvent their life on their own terms. I hope and pray that we help you on that journey. And if you feel so compelled and inspired, please let us know, don't be shy. Who knows, you may just be our next featured guest with another inspiring success story. So here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Third Chances when I speak with people that reinvented their life and they could be an inspiration for others and today guest is funny we just spoke about how it was difficult to schedule how everything can go wrong how we have an issue with technical stuff and I woke up this morning and I <clears throat> kind of lost my voice so we are in for journey <laughs> today <laughs> but I'm so excited uh Patricia and made time for us today. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vera. And let's just tell you, um, it doesn't happen very often when I get introduced to someone. We end up on Zoom and within minutes, we feel like we belong together and spend three hours on Zoom. And I'm saying it with warning. and no, that podcast it's not gonna be that long <laughs> but we did have oh my god so much in common it seemed that it just felt so right i actually spoke with patricia about her numerolo- numerology but today we will talk about something else I-, I want her back because i definitely want you to experience what she did for me was insane because she pulled up my numbers and she gave me such a detailed reading that I was seriously smitten. But today you will meet Patricia M, a self-proclaimed life adventurer who has coastered through her highs and lows, which is exactly our theme of this podcast, even tangoing with the unexpected. From conquering challenges to facing the knockout punch of losing her husband, she's the master of bouncing back. Patricia shares her journey from rock bottom to triumphant recovery, all sprinkled with her unique humor and wisdom. So get ready for a roller of emotions and inspiration today. And I can confirm that because that's how we spend those first three hours when we first met. And, I hope today recording wouldn't be any different because we felt so connected and so close. And I am really excited. Thank you, Patricia, for making time for us. I know how busy you are. It means a lot. And tell me where you're calling from.
1: I'm actually calling from Los Angeles in California. Yes. And um, thank you so much. I mean, I, you know, I, I, when I say thank you, I mean, thank you for welcoming me into your space, into your world, into your life, because each of us, it's important that we give that honor and acceptance. You know, I, I don't know how to explain it really, but you and I, we just clicked right away. And, and I, I'm so grateful for that three hours that we spent on the phone. But I'm very, calling from Los Angeles. Unbelievable. Yes.
0: Unbelievable. And you're right, there was something magical happening. And I don't know. It's just certain people just feel so right right mm-hmm. away. And actually, the the lady who introduced us both, we had the same experience in Las Vegas last year together. She
1: oh yeah. She oh, and I love never her.
0: we just we just bump into each other going to some same conference and we were kind of lost so we found our way together and and next thing you know we were sitting at the lunch and she was crying <laughs> I don't know why people <laughs> cry but I'm a good cryer myself but it's just... just I don't know it felt right and well especially when I found out that you lost your husband which I'm really sorry about uh, yes we thank, shared you. That, thank you that's really tough that,
1: yes to and suffer. you too yes yeah. yes
0: and yes. I just recently was starting moving my things around and coaching and everything. And I want to specialize on us who suffer this unspoken loss. It is yeah. different than any other grief. You know, it, it is really different. And mm-hmm. because I have lost loved ones before, but this one is completely different. I realize, and I'm on that journey for a short time compared to you. I realized that nobody can relate to you better than another widow. Yes. I had, I had an issue with that word. The first year and a half, I wouldn't even speak that word out of my mouth. I just didn't feel I belonged there. I was I was still kind of denying, playing it like, oh, I'm okay. And, you know, all that stuff that we kind of surround ourselves with and put that blanket over us. And we, right. Right. Tell people that we are fine, and deep inside we are a mess, and it's just falling
1: completely falling apart. Yeah. Yes, you know what's what I find is interesting, and that's even with numerology, like we were talking about, is yeah. that you meet people that you have a karmic, you have a karmic bond with you, and you find that you're when you connect, when you really connect, whether they are in the same place as you or not you there's something where you just can't help but just it's almost like you you know what they're going to say you know how they're feeling you know what they're thinking maybe not in quotes per se but on a heart level and it's I I have found that this has happened to me a lot I may not know something about someone on those in those minute details but I'll find myself talking to them later and they're like god you didn't know this about me but you didn't know this about me but and I especially in doing num- numerology I I see it all the time where I'm I'm like but this is what comes up in these numbers and then I say it and they're like wow how did you know that just like when you and I were talking yeah. Yeah. right when I do past life what someone brings in from their past life I find that those numbers actually have shown a lot of that. You have certain people that have numbers that coincide with your numbers and you're just kindred spirits and, and having that kindred spirit, it's like, like you and I, like we, I feel like we're like, it's like soul sisters somewhere. It's yeah it's weird to explain, but yeah,
0: it is. It but, is amazing. There are some magic connections around us and, not only we meet those people but we meet them at the right time
1: yes everyone yeah. you always meet people
0: yeah
1: there is always something to gain from meeting someone whether it's to know to avoid that type of personality and what it looks like when it's going to sh- when it shows up again later or to know what you like and what you don't like. To know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. This is like a playground here. And we're we're playing and we're enjoying and we're living. And, you know, the one thing that always sticks with me since my husband passed is that none of us are getting out of here alive.
0: Yeah,
1: And it's very important to enjoy the moments. One of the things that my husband used to do is he wouldn't eat. Well, he he loved eating things that that I didn't think were really very good for him. So, of course, being that nurturing mama bear, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, why are you eating that? Why are you and why are you doing this? This is not good for you. That's not good for you. And after he passed, after I got over the initial year long depression, deep depression that I went into where I didn't really want to live. And I would wake up and say, okay, God, you know, this is just a cruel joke. Why do you keep waking me up? Why do you keep waking me up to what? What am I waking up to? Even in in going to sleep and trying to get sleep some days, I was just completely exhausted. So I couldn't even, it wasn't about, oh, I can't sleep. It was, I was too, I was, I had cried or thought or had to keep moving along so much with so many things and, so many people that had turned their backs on me that that depression just went so deep that I don't know how I got on this part of it. But oh, what my my point was that when I looked around after coming out of all of that, the trauma, the drama, you know, seeing him pass away in front of me, just all of that that was in my brain and my heart and in my very cells. I looked and I said, you know what? I'm really glad. That he ate the stuff he wanted to eat.
0: <laughs> he did everything make him, make him happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because guess what? That would that made him happy. Yeah. It it made him happy. And I, I said, Oh my God, you know, if that was the time for his contract to be up, and he hadn't done all those wonderful things that drove me crazy, but made him happy, mm. how would I feel? So at this point in my life, people that are around me, because I I eat pretty well. I'm actually on a juice fast right now. But I look and I think about it's someone said to me, Oh, well, you're not going to live forever. And I said, No, I eat well, in case I do live longer than I anticipate, that I can enjoy it, that I have the time to look around and be without Uh, needing assistance to get around or to see or to walk or to experience because I know that I won't live forever, not in this body, but who I am and who I consider myself to truly be is not this body, but I'm taking care of it, you know, and I'm, I'm so glad that we had a, we had a thing where I said, okay, when you're at home, you're eating like this, but if we go out to eat, I will never tell you, don't eat that. Stop eating that. You just enjoy. So of course he took me out to eat a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Unless I was cooking something at home that he really wanted. But he knew he would be able to sit and have as many coffees as he wanted while he was eating, even at dinner with as much cream and sugar and meal. He could have his mac and cheese. He could have all kinds of stuff. That I said, you know, no. When you're at home, you're going to eat healthy. So I'm very glad that we had that together. So. You
0: started almost at the end, and I'm yes. I'm really curious to know who is the young Patricia, who, what kind of dreams she had, what kind of aspirations she had, and how your life turned.
1: Let's well go back when here. I was okay. Let's go back. Being that I had uh, both, my, um, you know, parents from different ethnic backgrounds, and uh, being at, I was at an all-white school when I was very young. It was okay. So I know you're going to edit this, so I'm just going to talk, and you can just edit Why would I you need to. Okay.
0: No, no. You said different backgrounds. <laughs> what what um, different ethnic backgrounds do you have in the family?
1: Okay, my my father is um Austrian, German, Irish, and my mother is and and my father. I just recently realized that my grandmother on my father's side was because my grandfather was from Austria, and my grandmother actually lived on a an indigenous reservation here, reservation here in America, and my mother is of, um, she's black and native American and that's pretty much it there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But so it's just kind of a mosh posh of a bunch of different ethnicities, but I, I more so identify because I was raised with my mom. I identify more so with my, my African American culture and Native American, the indigenous, not native, but the indigenous American, because that's why I grew up, how I grew up. I grew up knowing how to make my own herbal things and uh, herbal concoctions if I got sick, if, you know, we we did a lot of growing of our own vegetables and fruits and things like that in my in our front yard and backyard. And it's funny because I... Didn't like it when I was a kid, but my mother always said every day, it was like, you got to have something green to eat. I don't care. You're going to eat something green. And, you know, my other friends were eating other things. And my mother said, well, guess what? You don't live there. You live here. So this is what you're eating. So, but going back to growing up, I, I, I went to the school I went to in elementary was predominantly Caucasian. And when they saw my mother one time at six years old, when they saw my mother come up to the school and they and I was in daycare and they saw my godmother who came up to bring me my little Sony radio, because at the time that was a transistor radio was a really big thing to have. So it was for my birthday. And my godmother was indigenous American. She was like, really, really, really. She had beautiful, beautiful black 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 skin and it was not a flaw on it and this hair like my grandmother that was down her back she was just this beautiful beautiful woman and so they came up to bring this to me and this um birthday present and the kids at school saw her and they decided that they said oh you're black so they decided they didn't want to play with me right? They didn't want to be friends with me. And um, there was one girl, her name was Lisa Huff. I'll never forget her. And she looked like Skipper. You know, Barbie had a little sister named Skipper and she had like freckles all over her face. She looked like Skipper. And she sat down and she talked to me one day after, cause I was crying. Cause I was just, uh, I felt alone. And my, she told me, she said, you know what? I know a lot of other kids don't, want to be around you and play with you, but, but I do, and I'm going to be your forever. And I mean, and we cried and here's this little girl who looked nothing like me, who wanted to be my friend, who wanted to, who insisted that she was my friend. She liked me anyway, and we were going to sit and we were going to find things funny and laugh. And from that point on, it was, it did something for me. So every time there was a kid that came to our school that was from somewhere else that didn't look like anyone else at the school. I became like the International Welcoming Committee. <laughs> so I had Penny, who was from the Philippines, who was from Japan. I had So these are different times, right? And I would go and they'd sit and I'd see them by themselves. And I'd go over and sit and talk to them. I'd go, OK, so guess what? I'm going to be your friend. So I know that other people don't want to play with you here. And that's just because they don't know you. So I'm going to be your friend. So you can tell me all your secrets and we'll just laugh and joke. So, And as a result, I started to really learn more about just accepting people for who they are, what they bring into my life. And I had two choices. Either I could try to be like the people that didn't like me, or I could do as my mother said you were issued this suit, wear it and wear it proudly. That's right. This is who you are, this is the uniform that you are in, and you don't let anyone shame you for that uniform. So, as a result of all of that, I have been able to stand up and probably at times I've got in trouble for standing up, but I still stood up. I, I held up a whole May Day parade at my school because, uh, <laughs> I mean, not the May Day parade, but we used to do a thing on, on May on May Day where everyone had to get around a tetherball pole, and we'd go around and have to do this dance where we'd intertwine things. And I think I was probably about seven or eight at the time. It didn't make sense to me, and none of the teachers could explain it to me, so... I said I wasn't going to do it. And they said, you know, yes, but Patricia, if you don't do this, this is going to be a problem. I mean, you're going to hold up the whole school. And I said, well, it doesn't make sense to me. And no one can explain it to me. And my mother always told me to ask questions and get answers. So I think that has a lot to do with me and researching things. But So I was... I kinda of had a mind of my own.
0: <laughs> well I love uh, that your mom instilled that pride in you because that's that's actually where we differ because my own mom was putting me down. Mm. I grew up under communism. And you can oh. say certain things because then people will get in trouble. So right. I could I kept hearing the opposite. It was like put your head down, don't stick out, shut up don't you dare say anything that you hear at home at school and don't try to stick up so i was wow and actually it's funny because i'm listening to you and it it was instilled in you to be proud and i became proud because i hated that motion that i'm supposed to hide who i am and i felt Mm -hmm. that strong rebellious against it. Like, I don't belong there. This is not me. This is not how I'm going to live my life. And I don't know where it came from, because nobody around me was like that. So it's funny.
1: Well, you know, it was in your numbers.
0: From completely different backgrounds. Yes. Absolutely different yes. backgrounds. But yeah, that's 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 interesting. So how did you materialize this for what you wanted to be when you grow up?
1: <laughs> you know, I actually didn't know... I was always very fascinated by science. Science was my thing. I loved, I was just fascinated by new things. And my mother, I had a, uh, my mother allowed me to build my own little chemistry lab in the garage. And it was small. Uh, I didn't have a Bunsen burner or anything. But I was fascinated with building things and creating things and writing. And that's what took me into writing my own book, which I won't say the name of it just yet because it'll be it'll be out next year. But that took me into that, just looking at how fascinating people were or, or are and how different and alike we are. We, you know, one thing I learned, you know, I, I did some death doula work. And one thing I learned is that we really all want the same things, you know, we all want to be loved. We want to be cared about. We want to know that we're significant somewhere, that we make a difference, even if it's small, even if it's even if it's with just a family member or a friend. We want love. We want to be happy. We want to know that we bring happiness. It is a sick and sadistic person that wants to know that they bring unhappiness because all of that bounces back. Well, all of it bounces I, back.
0: I, I believe that these type of people that you just mentioned—they, in their sick ways—they are also looking for significance because you can yes. look for it in a good way or in a very bad way.
1: Yes. If somebody yes.
0: holds the gun to your head and threatens your very life. He's very significant at that time. Oh yeah. Oh, he's and, real significant. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like everything you can use it in a good ways or bad ways. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So where did you go with your career wise?
1: Well, I ended up because I was fascinated with science and new technologies. I ended up my my parents. I was actually in show business. Well, as a little kid and my my parents told me that I was going to college <laughs> no matter what, because I'd actually I was actually in college when I was in high school but I I had I wasn't doing a million things I was in a lot of things yeah. I was fascinated with computers so I got my scholarship to go to college in computer science mm-hmm. and then I went and did um, a number of different jobs uh, some with government and some not with government and I was I worked on mainframe computers and then I went into networks, looking into, uh, not looking into, but actually doing the job of a network operator. And I, I did work in, in uh, that field. And basically what would happen, like if people have problems with satellite transmissions and stuff like that, then they called me. But then I decided I, you know, may I, it was something that was a fascination of mine and went from there into show business for a little while and made my living doing that. And, and oh my God, I've done so many things. They my mother got, there. yeah, I, my mother got ill mm-hmm. and I didn't understand what had made her ill because there was this woman who ate very well. She, who I thought ate very well or what we would consider eating very well. And how is that she would have a stroke. It didn't make sense to me. I couldn't understand a lot of what was going on with her. I actually took some time to really go and help my mother to with recovering from her stroke. When I took off from when I and I was acting at the time, and I was doing very well, I made very good money. I um, When my mother got ill, I decided, okay, I'm putting this aside, and I'm going to go. And I had Quite a substantial savings. And I spent putting my mother so uh, to, to recover because hospital bills and all of this kind of stuff are very expensive. So, and she didn't have insurance because she was a, an entrepreneur. She did hair and she didn't have insurance, medical insurance. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to work. What am I going to do? It takes time, you know, getting back in acting and this and that because I had taken time off. And I was a working actor. I wasn't a famous actor or anything. So I said, all right, what am I going to do? I'll, a friend of mine get, had bet me to get my license in real estate. Uh, so I went and got my real estate license, won the bet, <laughs> got that money, went into real estate. And um, But I didn't go, I wasn't in the part where you sell. I was into mortgages because I, numbers were, I, I understood numbers very well. And taught myself how to do I worked with a friend of mine for a moment and then I taught myself how to do commercial finance ended up going into commercial finance and from there I was making money and still spending money to you know help my mom and she had another stroke and I it was just you know how do you do that how how do you deal with you know that she eventually ended up passing away and then the market crashed and I still needed to go and do something else. And so I reinvented myself by going into the medical field mm. <laughs> and I, because I had been learning a lot about strokes and cardiovascular diseases because it runs in my family. And I wanted to know how do I keep myself from, from falling into that pit? So I, ended up um, working with a the president of the National Medical Association. And I got my certification as a health coach and worked with him traveling all over talking about holistic things and, and foods and things that could actually help you have a better life as far as your health. And because I didn't have a license, he would take over and talk as far as medicine goes. And that was fun. And, you know, it helped me. And then I ended up hooking up with some other people with regards to uh, energy and frequency and how that works. And so I understood that based on my background in computers and all of that. So then I reinvented myself again, (laughs) because the market had crashed and money I had had to go, you know, to doing just keeping everything afloat. And I went into frequency medicine. I became a frequency facilitator and traveled all around in and out of the country and helping kids with autism and other different things. And I, um, you know, I, I have lived my life. I've done a lot of things. I,
0: Where did your husband fit in? When, when Well,
1: we I met him when I was doing mortgages when I was actually traveling all over, I, I met him then, and um, then he and I. It's about almost about twenty years we were together. He saw me through my ups and my downs, and he saw me when I gave my classes and my talks. And I became the, the um, standing chair for nutrition with the um, National Organization for Women of Women in in the chapter in California, one of the chapters in California and would give talks with their healthy eating and healthy living. And as a result of doing energy medicine with uh, certain frequency machines that I had or have, that's when I started to really learn a lot more about what people do in their lives, what, how, they, how they aren't living, how we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. And I said, okay, how do I get people? Because people would come into my office and say, well, you know, I want to be healed. I want to be healed yesterday. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I don't have a magic wand and it took you time to get to this place. I'm not a doctor, but I'll tell you what we can do. Let's look at what's happening in your auric field. Let's look at what frequencies you're feeding yourself. What? How are you feeding yourself with uh, in your mind, how are you feeding yourself with with your not just your food, but what are you thinking about? Who are you around? What relationships are you having? You know, what's good for you? What's not good for you? So, it, I did a lot of that, and I said, you know what? One of the things that I had to do when I was getting over or get, moving through that time with my husband passing was meditating, and I found that numerology in looking at my numbers actually helped me to understand a lot more about myself where i had been and how to live actually in my on my path that i came here to live so that's what brought me to where i am which is something that i know i will do for the rest of my life it actually also allowed me to look at my husband's life and his path and the path that he had and I said, wow, he, when I look back at the years and the, where his numbers were at that time, I'm like, wow, he was actually living his path. I look at my life, you know, I've done this, I've done that. People have told me, oh, stick to one thing and just do that. My, that's not my life. My life is what I've lived. That means I was in balance with my numbers. Now, had I known that certain numbers were going to come up at those really hard times, then I would have looked at them differently and taken those challenges on differently to weather through that. But I didn't. But now I know. So I can look and see, okay, there's these numbers that are coming up when I'm, I look at my destiny rows and I go, okay, so those are the numbers that are going to play out during that time. So those challenges... I can actually address knowing what period I'm actually in. If I'm in a learning period, then I will take that learning instead of it being like, oh my God, this is such a tragic journey and blah, blah, blah.
0: You know? I want to leave details of this path for our other podcast because I have so many questions about numerology and I would like to go deeper and ask... Okay. You know, what these yes. no, what numbers are you talking about for somebody who never heard of it? But let's leave it for another time. Okay,
1: and that I, you can actually put, we can talk about that later. Yeah, that, yeah that's I would totally love fine. To have
0: a, I would love to have a separate episode just on that for sure, because it's, it was so rich. And it was, I have met someone, and it's funny, you said you were in show business. I have met a very famous Czech actress that we were friends with. And we were going to a tour, Uh, to Germany and on a bus she was giving she was doing my and my husband's numbers (laughs) if we match and all that stuff so she was into that too it's it's just you went so deep though that it just there's no comparison but if I if if you don't mind to to you know to kind of take me back
1: honey take me back and and take me back
0: to where you want me to be so you have 20 years with your husband Yes. I'm assuming mostly happy.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. He was so He proud. was probably one of the most incredible, I would say he's one of the most incredible human beings that to this day I can say I've ever met. Hmm. Wow. Just caring, not just about me, but the way he loved me was so perfect for me it wasn't until like again i did numbers that i saw we actually had karmic paths the same karmic path Hmm. but i just amazing the way he loved me the way he showed me that love should be as a result it's been a number of years now but i won't allow anyone to come into my life and give me less than what i had with him I did have to get over looking at someone being and comparing them, Mm -hmm. right? Comparing him to someone else. That was a, that was a thing like, you know, well, he wouldn't have done this or he wouldn't have done that or, you know, Oh no, you're canceled out. Cause I, I haven't really dated, you know, since, but
0: when it happened, tell me what was the hardest immediately after what was the hardest after the initial shock? What was the hardest for you to keep going?
1: Waking up was difficult. Walking through the day knowing that I couldn't call him, that I wouldn't hear his voice. I had to rely a lot on some things that some people would call woo-woo, but were very real to me. I would see signs of things to let me know, hey, Patricia, I'm still here. I'm still here, baby. I would see like little things would happen. J- incredible things. I When I left, I packed everything in our home and put it in storage because it was too difficult for me to be there and sleep knowing that that an ambulance had picked him up from there. I I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And... In going back there after spending two weeks in the hospital with him, and every day just seemed like a struggle, like, okay, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay. I know you're gonna be okay. I it was it was very, very, very tough. And sitting, sleeping on the floor, and all of that in the hospital room at night, and just after it was over, I went back to our home. I looked at the room and I fainted. I found myself, I got up off the floor and I looked around and I could actually hear his voice. And he said, it's going to be okay. And all I could say was, you know, how am I going to go on without you? I, 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 I don't even know what to do. How, how, how is this possible? This is, this can't, be real but I know it is but it can't be and then I I heard him. he said I can help you better from here than I could from there And it was like he was standing in the room with me. I it took me a month to pack. it took me a month and I let people I his friends, any relatives that wanted anything I let them have whatever they want it. And then I put everything else in storage because I was doing frequency medicine at the time. I didn't even want to leave, but some friends on my team, team, they said, no, we're sending you a ticket to come to the Philippines and work with these kids. We're sending you a ticket, get on the plane. And if, when I saw, I, I packed the last day, After storage, I can't even tell you, it was such a blur, everything. But it was people that I thought I could depend on that weren't there. That was very difficult. That was really hard. People that I thought cared because I had given a lot of time and energy, taken time away from that I could have been enjoying with him. But he's like, oh, I know you just go on and go. And, you know, I'm going to work, you know, go and and do this. I know you want to help those people because I was always helping so many other people. So I'm like, okay, well, a lot of those people weren't there. And some were, but I learned that it's not the people and things that you give away that you can expect back from those same people. Because there were angels that showed up that didn't really know me that well, that have been become really good close friends of mine that came and helped me pack and help me do things and help me take care of things. And I jumped on a plane, went to the Philippines, and I was there for almost a couple of weeks and helping kids. And that's one thing I think, well, I got stuck in Gonzalo, I don't know how to pronounce it, but Gonzalo, China. Mm-hmm. because the plane, we landed, and then it it was like seven minutes late. So they the other plane took off. So my whole team took off in the Philippines while I was stuck in China. They had to put us, it was, you know, communist China. They put us uh, over in a hotel, so I had to stay there in a hotel. And the pictures I took of myself to send to my team, just so they know, hey, I'm okay, I looked totally different. I looked like someone had just beat me up. Like I, I went through hell and I didn't realize it, but I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And I do not know how I was still standing. So I would say that that was really hard, but I had so many epiphanies and things. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this one story. I'm leaving the airport. Once I get to the Philippines, I'm leaving the airport to go down to where the car is supposed to be. And I don't know if you know much about Manila, but it was, it's really loud around by the airport. Well, once I leave my, the the guys that I was with and that I had met, because we were all stuck there in China, I said goodbye and I get ready to walk. I get my luggage and I'm walking down this ramp and there's no one there like no one in the airport I'm going where did all the people go and I hear these footsteps but it's like walking like it's like my husband's footsteps I'm like wait a minute and all of a sudden it's like I could hear you know I said oh my god you're here and he said I told you I was coming because he was actually supposed to go there with me Hmm. and I said oh my god you hear, he said, I told you I was coming. It was like he was right there. I could hear him. There was no one else around. And I know this sounds so weird and strange, but it was no one around. And I just kept walking. I said, okay. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. You're going to be okay. And there are going to be some people there that are going to help you when you get where you're going. Okay. So as soon as I turned the corner, There's like, look like what, like thousands of people. And it's now all this noise and I can't hear him again. And I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on? Mm -hmm. I get in the car. We have to drive like six hours North. We get there and I'm sitting and it's like, I could hear him saying, oh, I'm like, oh, look, I'm doing telepathy. Oh, look at that. Look at that mountain over there. Look at this over there. And though I was, so sad and my drivers who were just amazing I was so sad but I was glad to be somewhere else when we showed up to our destination and I gave one of my team members a hug he goes whoa that's weird it felt like two people just hugged me
0: Hmm.
1: (laughs) and he knew my husband yeah so they all wanted me there. They're like, no, we can't let you be where you are. You, you were too sad. We needed you here on the team. T-. And that's something I will say um, helps, is helping other people yeah. with grief. When you start helping other people, uh, that helps. Coming back home, though, I stood there and I came back to, I actually moved and some friends of mine said, no, you're not, you're going to come live with us. Mm-hmm. And she's like a mom to me. Uh, her and her husband are like, like a mother and father to me because both of my parents are deceased. So I went there and I stayed with them for the first year. Every day I woke up, I used to beg, God, please. That, I think, was the hardest time, that, that first year. It just was incredibly tough. So- That's a long answer.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's, I'm really interested in hearing because everybody has completely unique journey about this and everybody needs different things and everybody deals with things differently. And that's when I have seen some stuff that's dealing with grief for widows and they want to put you in a categories that timelines, this is you're going to feel this, this, this. this. Like I don't agree with that. I don't believe Mm -mm. in that because we are all absolutely unique people and have unique needs. How to deal with our own grief. Obviously, not every relationship is the same. So you don't deal with the loss of your loved ones the same way. If the relationship wasn't perfect or, you know, uplifting or, you know, it's like, it's it's completely different. That's I I always hated boxes. Yes, so I don't want to be put in one. And we are both. I think that's where we are on the same page. That we we just like screw the boxes. We kick the boxes to a curve, like we
1: yeah we our own or or light them on fire. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's 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 been it's been a journey for me as well. But you have been on it longer. So tell the audience how long it has been right now.
1: Uh, it's been six years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and every year I would go back to, we actually had a birthday party on the beach. And the last year that he was alive, we I, we had a birthday party on the beach. And uh, it was just a very intimate birthday party. And he said to me, this is the best birthday party I have ever had. We had food, we sat on the beach, we danced on the beach. And it wasn't as significantly like, you know, a 50, 60, you know, 40. It wasn't, you know, where people have birthday parties at, you know, at, at, a, at a decade when you get older, it's just let's just get to the decade. So but he enjoyed it so much that every year on his birthday, I'd go back. So the first year I went back, had some um, friend bought chocolate cake and apple pie, thinking that the chocolate cake was what my husband liked when really it was the apple pie. But I said, wow, I can't believe you bought chocolate cake because that wasn't his favorite. It was the apple pie, but I'm so happy that you bought. And I, so I took that as, okay, this is a sign, right? For me. I sat there at until, (laughs) until my hair frizzed up and it was midnight and, I left the beach, sat out there and cried the first year, went back again the second year with another friend, third year, went every year until last year. La- well, no. Okay. So the year, be- the year prior, I actually didn't go sit out on the beach. I just went to the beach and sat in the car and just looked out, watched the sunset, talked, you know, to him and my mom and dad and just, you know, said talked about how grateful I was and then to have had that in my life or them in my life and then the following year uh, which was last year I drove out towards the beach and just drove along the coast and I said well you know I had to work today and I didn't make it out all the way to the beach early enough so I hope it's okay and it was like I felt this feeling in my heart like yeah it's okay it's okay. And so this year, year six was the first time that I didn't feel like I had to be at the beach. I work and I enjoyed my day with a couple of friends who knew him very well. And we celebrated his birthday in a different place. It was finally my, I realized I was past my depression. And Other people could say it's a timeline, but I don't know what that timeline is. I took my time. Some people, you know, don't get rid of the things that are at the house. I will admit I do have a pair of shoes of his. Still, I kept them, but they have a different meaning for me now. They have a meaning of not like this attachment. It's meaning of, wow, that was a good time in my life. That was that was good. And I can finally look at pictures of him and not go cry and go into s- complete sadness I, because I now look at it and say, wow, you lived your contract your way and you let me enjoy it with you. How good was that? And you stayed with me energetically until I could get past
0: As long as you that. did it.
1: Yeah. Yes. So for that, I am beyond grateful. Beyond grateful. I don't know about timelines. I know that, you know, they say grief, you know, you go through this, you go through that. Yes. I can definitely say that as I've gotten past things, I can look and see just how not perfect of a person he was. Who um, is- right. And I could say, wow, you know, I remember you used to do this. and I used to get so mad, like, why did you do that? But I laugh now and I go, wow, I'm just grateful. He was just an incredible, I don't know what I did to deserve someone that great. You know, um, it was hard to have someone that great taken so young, but it is what it is. And I'm here to move on in my life because I'm still I'm still alive. And when I realized that God wasn't going to get me off the hook by letting me go to sleep and not waking up, I said, okay, so then what am I supposed to do? What, what do you want me to do? I'm still here. You keep waking me up. What am I going to do?
0: So what is it that you found your purpose in?
1: Uh, helping other people. Helping other people to find their happiness based on who they are. And that's one of the reasons I do numerology is Helping someone find out who they are. What is your path? Where are you going? Where do you want to go? How does that fit? Helping people get to happy. Because that's what I had to do. I had to figure out how to get to happy. How do I take the edge off of every day? Because that's where my mindset was. It took me down a road to attract things into my life that would show me ways that I could get to happy because I was so sad. I realized that no amount of, oh, it's going to take time or you'll be okay. And, you know, you got to start living. You got to get over it. And it's like, wow, I learned to not say all the things that a lot of people say. That's for sure.
0: I have to admit that I was told several things that took my breath away. And I realized that I may have been one of those that was, that would say these things because we we don't know what to say when something like that happened to someone and we say the usual things that come to mind, but they just sign they just sound so wrong at certain times. it's just it's incredible what people are capable of saying.
1: Yes, what do, you, what do you tell someone who can't they can't even get out of bed? Yeah, they can't. I mean, you know, the, I had those days where I just did not want to get out of bed, but because I was living at someone else's home, and because of my upbringing, I felt an obligation to at least go in and say good morning, how are you, thank you for, and and be appreciative. So that I I think God put me in a place that made me put one foot in front of the other. And and it was not a problem for me to go back into my room and sit down and and cry and just cry and cry myself to sleep.
0: Let's finish this on a happier note. (laughs) I can so relate. I, I totally feel you, but I don't want this to be very, very sad episode, which obviously we... We deal with grief and it's it's not an easy thing. And it it, no. it goes on for, for years. One okay. thing I learned that you reframe things for yourself. Because I had to deal with the, my husband's two daughters that were from the first marriage. They were dealing with this different way, of course. And, and especially one of them was very, very, very sad all the time. And I, was, I would tell her it is okay, but you can look at it like what you lost or you can look at it how how blessed am I that he was my dad, a special person like that. Just like you said before, like you started to be grateful for, obviously nobody's perfect. We are, none of us is perfect, but we may have found a partner that was pretty much very close to it yes yes indeed it's that much harder to lose that person because you share every that person knows you better than you know yourself and and you don't have it with anybody else that's what Mm i think it's the most difficult thing to lose and but then you have to look at it as okay who am i now yes after so many years of being my identity was in this relationship every plan everything that we were planning was two of us. It wasn't about me only. Absolutely. That's how it's distracting because it's just suddenly it's just everything is upside down and you have to relearn to kind of look at yourself and who am I now and what do I want and where do I go from here? So you have been in it for six years. So tell me or tell us all that we are still going through it. What was what, if, what, if, what would be one tip that you would help people to to gain that, that perspective, to gain that strength, to find yourself and, and really like reinvent yourself once again? Many times my podcast is called Third Chances. We, we are way yes. free, <laughs> but it's, it's necessary. Tony Robbins say, everything in nature either grows or dies. There's yes. such a thing as stagnation. So where you want to go, you're either going to live in the past and you, you're going to be sad for the rest of your life. Absolutely. You will find a new, new path for you that will make you happy because we all deserve happiness. And once we lose someone, I think it's so much more urgent to realize how valuable the time is because oh, it can guide yes. from you. Well, I'm going to
1: tell you some things that I did. One, I love what you said about living in the past because I had to come to the realization that that is the past and there is absolutely nothing. No matter what I do, even if I were to go to sleep and not wake up again, it would not change the past. It would not change that this actually happened. My whole thing was I said, okay, so here I am. I was laying in bed. And I'm looking up the ceiling fan and I said, all right, so you're here. No matter what you do, Patricia, you cannot change the past. It does not matter. You can do monkey flips off the doorknob, throw magic potions in the air, whatever. No matter what you do, it will not do one thing. It will not change the past. So where are you now? What are you going to do? And I had to give myself a talk like, what are you going to do? I said, OK, I'm going to really get into I've got to take the edge off of the day. I, I need to be able to keep myself calm. So I learned about Wim Hof, Wim Hof, the breathing technique he has. Oh, my God. God bless Wim. I love Wim Hof. I, I, I don't know him personally, but I, I love his work. Doing that three rounds of breath every morning, first thing doing that three rounds and then just holding it and just it just took the it actually I still do it it takes the edge of the anxiety off my day so that for me some people may have to do it twice a day or three times a day but that was a game changer for me Mm -hmm. that was number one number two um I found that meditating uh I I read, my friend sent me this book. It was called um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And what I had realized that I had been, myself was a different definition of who I am now. someone, I'm not in that relationship anymore. So who am I now? I was still acting like I was in that relationship. So the pains of like the loss and all of that. So who am I now? So I needed to break the habit of being myself so that I could reinvent and, and move on. Like I had done many other times in my life. I had to, um, I list, I read the book and I suggest like, if someone's going to go through this, get the book and get the audio. Uh, And the reason you need to read through, it's a, a three week process. You'll understand, get the book, just take my word for it. There's a three week process of doing the meditations and, and the audio you listen to, Uh, you'll listen to the audios for one week. You've got to listen to a certain point and everything, but you'll see, uh, but get the book and get the audio. So I went through that three weeks of listening and doing the meditation, the daily meditation, seven days, listening to it one way, you know, the next seven days listening every single day. Um, For seven days and then another seven days so it's a 21 day thing but i am telling you that changed some things in me because in the book it gives you exercises and the audio uh when i say get the audio i'm talking about the audio for the meditations
0: Hmm. um could you so, repeat the name of the book for, for it's called
1: Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. You can actually go to Joe Dispenza or I think it's Dr. Joe Despensa yes, yeah. And you can go there, you get the book and get the med- when you get to the end of the book, um the meditations are written out, but there are exercises in there in the back of the book that you have to And then listen to the meditation that um, getting sleep sleep was is huge because uh, some people want to eat. Some people don't want to eat when they go through trauma, depression, loss, things like that. So sleep, i found actually helped to balance that where if I didn't get enough sleep, I would have munchies. I'd want to do something to satisfy myself. If I got good sleep, it was it made all the difference in the world uh, is one of the other things. So one of the things that I did, uh, there are some sita herbs that I did for sleep and they've sleep and anxiety in the beginning. but I then stopped those and I find that clove tea actually helped me uh, sniffing smelling lavender. Oh yeah, essential oil. Okay, I actually put a couple of drops of lavender on my pillow I at do night. I do Okay, yeah. that helped. I have an automizer in my room uh, so that, you know, uh, that I, I um, put lavender. Or I will put something that um, helps me to just, you know, go on to rest. Qigong, uh, you can go on YouTube. I went on to YouTube. I found a Qigong practice and i was doing that every day that helped me to stretch my body it helped me to move because toxins build up in the in the lymphatic system right so it would move my lymph that was and, and and help to move all of a lot of that trauma and stuff so it would it actually helped me a lot
0: um i think it's exactly and that was me moving my body that you you need to yes. start taking care of yourself first because you cannot pour. from yes the
1: cup. You, you have to. yeah you you cannot pull from an empty cup and and who you're around if if and trust your heart because there are some, you know, a lot of times I found myself, oh, this person really needed me. Let me go and try to help this and help. But I was running on empty. So I had to do these things to help me exactly, and making sure I had my energy. I went through a detox to, uh, to detox a lot of the, the traumatic anger that I had from how, things that had happened and how they happened, people that had abandoned, I felt abandoned me, that I found out later, it wasn't that so much that some of those people abandoned me, they just didn't know what to say. Yeah. And they were grieving their own way. They were grieving the way that they could because it was very difficult. They loved him too. And they loved him greatly. Uh, he was like a big brother and to so many people, so many of my friends. And so uh, that, you know, understanding that we're all trying to get it right. We're all trying to get it right. I think the most
0: Give ourselves a lot of grace and patience because it's not gonna be
1: a lot.
0: It's not forgive be ourselves. Perfect right away. I had
1: to forgive myself a lot. Like going, I I, for, I had to forgive myself for going. Are you going to drink another cup of coffee? Really do things healthier and this and that. And so I said, "Wow, you know what? He had a mind of his own. He was going to do what he wanted to do." So, yeah, I was really happy about that, you know, but. Those are the things that I, I I needed to do. And I listened to my heart. Um, and I I dismissed, I actually changed my phone number. I dismissed myself from people that should not be in my life. I stopped watching the news. I, w- I did not allow myself to hear horror, watch horror and hear horrible things that were happening. Because I realized there will always be both good and bad things happening i won't say good and bad but positive and negative things happening in the world but in order for me to bring joy i must have it inside and those are some of the things that i did in order to make sure so that i can give and help someone else reach happy yeah yeah exactly
0: well, look at you today, it is, it is, it's a crazy when you think of it, that I, I was thinking like, thank God I discovered personal development before this all happened because it yes. probably helped me deal with it a little better, but it is actually a story of personal growth. When you go through this, you come on the other hand, on the, on the other end, completely different mm-hmm. person. It's not, I thought. Let me just get back to myself. It's not the same. You are not gonna uh-uh. be the same person. You're gonna be you're gonna be probably better for all that pain you went through. And it's 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 a good thing. That's one good thing that comes out of it. Every and that's the old cliche what doesn't kill you, make you stronger, but it's absolutely true. There is yeah. I just had a podcast with someone who went through horrific period of his life and he's now he's part of multi-million dollar club and he is incredibly humble beautiful person that you are inspired to be around and helping people around him and everything and he say there's no comeback without setback how true i
1: love that
0: how true is that yeah
1: and you know what You, you mentioned something about you know um i wanted to get back to yourself that's what made my friend who is a psychiatrist uh, uh send me that book he, he sent me the book and um breaking the habit of being yourself and be, because I kept saying I just want to get back to myself I've always been you know not afraid of change and if, if I want to do something different I'll change my life I'll do this I'll do that and um I, but who I was was what for almost 20 years I was with someone right and that's who I that was my identity yeah. but getting back to myself I, it, I am I am I am now someone different than I was then and before yeah before him right I'm stronger I I woke up one day and I remember passing the mirror and I said wow and I looked at myself and how I had been doing this other work on myself I said wow. You're actually pretty resilient. And that was a lot for me to say to me because I did not think that I would live to be able to see myself be resilient. I didn't know how I was going to live through that. So those things.
0: That's a beautiful, as, beautiful end to our podcast. Would you just yeah. That's just beautiful. There is a light at the end of tunnel. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. And it's bright. It can be a bright light. But yes. you choose. And that's what I had to learn. What do I want? This is and my suddenly,
0: life. And suddenly, that's one good thing about that, that you have nobody to ask. You do decisions for yourself now.
1: That's it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Well, this was beautiful. We had some technical difficulties. I'm sorry about that. But, Trisha, it was such a pleasure. And as I expected that it will be uh, to talk to you and listen to you and your, your overcoming and growing into new person that you are today, that I have the privilege to meet. And I think it's a good start of a new relationship that we somehow built right away (laughs) with no hesitations. And I want to thank you for being humble and being open and share your pain and your, joy with us and i always hope that this podcast will be a guide for people that need guidance and inspiration for people that that may need some inspiration and pick me up uh story and let me tell you one thing this is the first podcast finally that i could have a glass of wine because that was my idea when I first started it. I want to share with my guest a glass of wine because I'm a big wine lover. I used to sell wine for a living, and I really enjoy it. And But it turns out that all my recordings were usually in the morning, and now you being in California, I can <laughs> enjoy the glass of wine with you. So it was very pleasant. <laughs> Thank you so much for making time. It was oh, my
1: goodness. A very pleasure. Through all the technical difficulties and everything, I Thank you so much for your, for your patience. And wow, this is not the last time. I would like can... to add, no, I would like to add one other thing that I didn't um, say mm-hmm. that is really good when a person is in that mood and they just cannot, and they feel that anxiety, go outside and stomp in the ground. Yeah. Stomp on the ground. If it's too cold, then yeah, you might not want to stomp barefoot, but if you can stomp, stand, it really helps grounding you. The grounding. It really helps. And you can move that energy and just stomp it out. Yes. Stomping it out. That was another thing with me. It's like, let me just stomp this out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's amazing how much. We Did you lose coming. me again? Yeah. No, no, no. It's a, uh, it's all we learn about taking care of ourselves that helped us to go through this. And if I can help another person and together with you, Ugh. we can we can help another person lift up and, and go through this with little less struggling. It would be my honor to because I Oh think God, I would happens,
1: love to be a part of what you're doing with, I with think it happens widows
0: for I... reason. All these things happen for a reason. And you know all of them. You have spent so much time with me on the numerology and I was totally stunned, but several things stood with me and, and made me re-evaluate where, I'm, where my thinking is and what am I doing about it and why I think thoughts that I'm thinking. So I know it's it sounded really good, of course, but also <laughs> it helps you to remind yourself that, damn, there is a, Great person inside, and that needs to get out again. Yes. You need to find yourself. You need to be your best again. And if I may mention one more mentor that I absolutely admire, it's Brandon Bouchard, who keeps saying, Oh, yes. At the end of the life, you will be asked, Did I live? Did I love? And did I make a difference? And I don't want to waste another day not following these principles for my own life so i hope you are with me on board and i i just want to roll this train and help everybody that is open to grow and and make something better out of it
1: yes i'm with you i'm with you sister i'm with you
0: (laughs) thank you so much love you thank you thank you thank you love you